senseless misery Lived on my jealousy My pick up on to be ready So curve your incredulities Reform or Revolution by Rosa Luxemburg Second Edition Published 1908 Introduction At first view, the title of this work may be found surprising. Can the social democracy be against reforms? Can we contrapose the social revolution, the transformation of the existing order, our final goal, to social reforms? Certainly not. The daily struggle for reforms, for the amelioration of the condition of the workers within the framework of the existing social order and for democratic institutions, offers to the social democracy the only means of engaging in the proletarian class war and working in the direction of the final goal, the conquest of political power and the suppression of wage labor. Between social reforms and revolution there exists, for the social democracy, an insoluble tie. The struggle for reforms is its means, the social revolution its aim. It is in Edward Bernstein's theory, presented in his articles on Problems of Socialism, Noid Zeit, of 1897-98, through 98 and in his book, The Preconditions of Socialism and the Tasks for Social Democracy, that we find, for the first time, the opposition of the two factors of the labor movement. His theory tends to counsel us to renounce the social transformation, the final goal of social democracy, and, inversely, to make of social reforms the means of class struggle its aim. Bernstein himself has very clearly and characteristically formulated this viewpoint when he wrote, the final goal, no matter what it is, is nothing. The movement is everything. But since the final goal of socialism constitutes the only decisive factor distinguishing the social democratic movement from bourgeois democracy and from bourgeois radicalism, the only factor transforming the entire labor movement from a vain effort to repair the capitalist order into a class struggle against this order for the suppression of this order, the question, reform or revolution, as it is posed by Bernstein, equals for the social democracy the question, to be or not to be. In the controversy with Bernstein, and his followers, everybody in the party ought to understand clearly it is not a question of this or that method of struggle, or the use of this or that set of tactics, but of the very existence of the social democratic movement. Upon a casual consideration of Bernstein's theory, this may appear like an exaggeration. Does he not continually mention the social democracy and its aims? Does he not repeat again and again, in very explicit language, that he too strives toward the final goal of socialism but in another way? Does he not stress, particularly, that he fully approves of the present practice of the social democracy? That is all true, to be sure. It is also true that every new movement, when it first elaborates its theory and policy, begins by finding support in the preceding movement, though it may be in direct contradiction with the latter. It begins by suiting itself to the forms found at hand and by speaking the language spoken here too. In time, the new grain breaks through the old husk. The new movement finds its forms and its own language. To expect an opposition against scientific socialism at its very beginning, to express itself clearly, fully, and to the last consequence on the subject of its real content, to expect it to deny openly and bluntly the theoretic basis of the social democracy would amount to underrating the power of scientific socialism. Today, he who wants to pass as a socialist and at the same time declare war on Marxian doctrine, the most stupendous product of the human mind in the century, must begin with involuntary esteem for Marx. He must begin by acknowledging himself to be his disciple, by seeking in Marx's own teachings the points of support for an attack on the latter, while he represents this attack as a further development of Marxian doctrine. On this account, we must, unconcerned by its outer forms, 
pick out the sheathed kernel of Bernstein's theory. This is a matter of urgent necessity for the broad layers of the industrial proletariat in our party. No coarser insult, no baser aspersion, can be thrown against the worker than the remarks. Theocratic controversies are only for academicians. Some time ago, LaSalle said, Only when science and the workers, these opposite poles of society, become one, will they crush in their arms of steel all obstacles to culture. The entire strength of the modern labor movement rests on theoretic knowledge. But doubly important is this knowledge for the workers in the present case, because it is precisely they and their influence in the movement that are in the balance here. It is their skin that is being brought to market. The opportunist theory in the party, the theory formulated by Bernstein, is nothing else than an unconscious attempt to assure predominance to the petty bourgeois elements that have entered our party, to change the policy and aims of our party in their direction. The question of reform or revolution, of the final goal and the movement, is basically, in another form, but the question of the petty bourgeois or proletarian character of the labor movement. It is therefore in the interests of the proletarian mass of the party to become acquainted actively and in detail with the present theoretic knowledge remains the privilege of a handful of academicians in the party. The latter will face the danger of going astray. Only when the great mass of workers take the keen and dependable weapons of scientific socialism in their own hands will all the petty bourgeois inclinations, all the opportunistic currents come to naught. The movement will then find itself on sure and firm ground. Quantity will will do it. End of introduction.